0: welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a new friend, a sweetness. Wait till you see this face. Her name is Lina Limos. Am I saying this correctly?
1: Yes, almost. It's Lemos, like lemons without the end. Lemos. Thank you. I
0: am applauding you. You're a leading voice, a leading millennial voice in spirituality. I love speaking to people who are a generation younger than me. I learn every time um, you are the future. I honor that. And I honor you. You're here through your work to raise the collective conscious through accessible spirituality. I love your site. I love that you're making it. You're making spirituality cool. You are the founder of the House of Enlightened Hood, a spiritual, basically community. If Is
1: that accurate to say? Yeah. I, community is a great word for it. I, I go between digital platform and community, but I think the, the community aspect is something that's so near and dear to my heart and one of the fire behind why I created it in the first place. So yes, community is a great way to put it.
0: It feels like that. And, it, and the way that you write your mission statement, we are reclaiming spirituality. You call it open source spirituality, which is freely shared and accessible collective mm-hmm. wisdom. So, thanks for being brave. Thank you for doing that for your whole generation. I think that this shift is important. I think that it's especially important in the world of whiteness. And I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. I I noted that you talk about how it takes seven generations to clear and expel trauma, wounding, injustice, Mm -hmm. harm, wrong action from the descendants who manifest in a familial tree you take it that you are the seventh generation put here to transform and transmute the collective damage that's been done. Mm -hmm. Talk to me and my listener a little bit about how you do that through your work.
1: Well, I think it first has to be said that the idea of motherhood and continuing my lineage came with a lot of shame and you know, by the way that I was raised as a, a millennial woman where girls are taught to be good and quiet and, you know, not really step into their sexuality or really much of their sovereignty at all. So it was really when I just looked in the mirror one day, I had a one-year-old at the time and something within me was just screaming mothers are so powerful mothers are so powerful and it wasn't just that but it was this idea that our role as mothers and and not just mothers but leaders of the next generations as humans on this planet who will you know carry on our human race we have this control over the past which is to heal the the woundings, the trauma that we were born with that comes from our lineage, but we also have control over the future and the future generations in the healing work that we do in this lifetime. So right now we are in such a powerful time as the seventh generation that we get to take this massive shift towards healing and awakening and stepping back into this power and this idea that we are these sovereign, spiritual, joyous (laughs) beings. And when you are, let's
0: say you're working in a collective, in a program, how do you teach
1: this to your peers? And do you find that they are very receptive? You know, it... It takes a lot of self-actualization to, to honor that power that you have. And I don't think that everyone is there yet. I think it comes with a lot of healing and a lot of peeling back those layers to truly understand how much power you have in this lifetime to self-heal, how much power you have to, to change what the world actually looks like through your own inner voice and healing and wisdom. So it's, something that when I'm speaking about it, when I'm working with people, even when I'm just you know interacting with people who come to our platform and our community, it's a realization that takes time to arrive to because it's it's so simple yet so profound that we have this power, but we're not taught that. We're not raised that way. So it's peeling back those layers to who we truly are and what we're capable of that kind of helps set us down that path to, to that understanding. And when you welcome
0: somebody into your community, let's say you have this light casting. Platform. T- talk to us about that a little bit. Teach us about what you guys do.
1: So, House of Enlightenment is a multimedia platform. We're a media company. So, that involves digital content. So, articles from voices all around the world. We have Lightcasting, which is our spiritual podcast network. So, we just launched in January. We're in the process of onboarding a bunch of different shows. I have a podcast myself. And then we also have The Garden, which is our spiritual community that is truly for the purpose of collective wisdom and this sacred container of no question is too silly. It's a safe space to share because I think one thing that I was really frustrated with at the beginning of my path is that there's this surface level version of spirituality that's cool and sparkly and fun. Some people might call it woo woo, but What I found in my own path was, as I got further and further in, the real work is in the healing. The real work is in the messy. The real work is in those moments where you feel like you're moving backwards, but really you're about to launch on this springboard forward. So to have those raw and authentic conversations that look, this is messy. This is non-linear. You are seen. You are supported. You are held in a way that we don't really find necessarily in in our communities right now. I think is so important. And it's something that I'm so passionate about.
0: And when you, let's say you're welcoming someone new, I'm imagining that one of my listeners or a few of my listeners might be interested in perhaps being considered to host a podcast on your platform. What are the parameters? Can somebody who might have a really great idea come to you directly or how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah. So we take a combination of podcasts. We have a few that were already up and running and then a few that are new. And what we ask for the network is that there's a commitment or already a library of 50 shows because studies show that podcasts that make it past the 50 episode mark are much more successful than those that don't. Uh, so yeah, so we or we're really just looking for podcasts that are in line with this idea that we're spiritual beings, and this wisdom should be accessible. Because going back to what I said about the sparkly version of spirituality, is that there's not really that discussion of how it intertwines with the messiness of the human experience and on top of that when it's you know deeply infiltrated by materialism and consumerism that there there tends to be a paywall on on this wisdom and it stops people who don't have the access or the means to finding this information you know to kind of feel left alone so combining voices different perspectives different specialties is something that we feel is really going to help, you know, help us all grow together, help us all rise together. Because when we have just one really strict narrative of what it means to be spiritual, what it means to be light, what it means to grow and heal, then we kind of lose the the elements of what the human experience is in the first place.
0: Talk to us a little bit about your teachers. Where have you come from? Who's inspired you?
1: So I grew up in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes. So nature, I would say, has been my biggest teacher of all. I was so deeply connected to the earth and to the wisdom of Mother Earth growing up. And when I moved to New Jersey, anyone who lives in suburbia knows that it's kind of hard to to find that connection to nature. And that's what really reawakened me to my calling and to my purpose was that realization that I was... So disconnected from that. So when I was in this stage of impending motherhood, it was really made me sit back and question what I believed and who I was going to, you know, trust with with this new version of myself that was so raw and so vulnerable. And so I really spent so much time outside just listening. And I read everything that you could ever imagine, but I'd say Gabby Bernstein was a huge inspiration for me before I, you know, stepped into this new version of myself. But recently, you know, it's been... The the main you know Deepak I love I really love Thich Nhat Han and his words I love his you know his concise musings of you know prose I think is so profound yet so simple and I've just started collecting you know little nuggets from all different thought leaders from schools of thought from different folklore and kind of combining this into this really. You know, interesting melting pot, which is what House of Enlightenment is kind of a reflection of because social media and the way that digital content has evolved with the spiritual path has forced leaders and teachers to kind of niche down. And that's what they teach you when you're a spiritual entrepreneurs. make sure you have your niche. But I don't think really the human experience can be niched because we all have such a unique journey and such a unique perspective. And when you just awaken and you feel so confused and so lost, there has to be that bridge that to help you get your footing. And so I've just been collecting all these different little nuggets of wisdom and inspiration and braiding them together with what I've learned by going inwards myself.
0: so beautiful. A lot of my Colleagues and dear, dear friends have touched your heart and Mm -hmm. also teachers too. I would love to know what it means. I was, you know, poking around on your site for the last few days in preparation for this talk. What does it mean to join the garden?
1: So, the garden is it has a dual meaning and. In that, I believe that we have a garden within our own hearts that takes a lot of tending to. And if we're not consistently cultivating, if we're not consistently weeding out the the dead for regrowth and rebirth, if we're not planting seeds, then it can lead you know, to a lot of our woundings and a lot of the things that are standing in our own way. And so much of me stepping into my role as a teacher has been helping people understand that they are, you know, the, the cultivators of their own garden space. So that's the first meaning. The second meaning is that House of Enlightenment is a place that everyone can come to it's this idea that come home to yourself, but we're right next door. If you, if you want to hang out. And we also have this beautiful community garden outside where everyone's planting seeds, everyone's tending to it to help it grow. So this idea of having a spiritual community where everyone's tending to it and contributing to the growth and the blossoming and the seasonality of it, I think is such a beautiful aspect of community that we've kind of lost in this day and age. And, you know, we, we need it more than ever right now in, in the world of a pandemic. So that's really the dual meaning. And again, not having community is one of the biggest reasons that I really stepped into this space in the first place, because I felt so alone and like no one in my the tangible people in my inner circle circle weren't willing to have those deeper conversations and I was really aching for that and I was really aching to be seen and being held in that understanding that we can have these really deep and profound conversations and connections with people who really are on the same the same wavelength as us
0: you know I'm looking again now at the request to join the enlightened hood garden i love the sort of description of what's inside a, sh- a global community of like-minded souls with the shared intentions of connection and growth a safe private and sacred space off of social media mm-hmm exclusive spiritual content including articles curated resources podcasts workshops meetups groups for practicing oracle readings other healing services reading books together etc topics to follow contribute to such as conscious parenting divine feminine work many other things beautiful access to an ever growing library of spiritual resources no ads no trolling mm-hmm. no politics mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just the good stuff. Yeah. It has, it has a place. I feel I personally am like super, super committed to to combining, blending spirituality and activism. I think that they can't be divested from one another, Mm -hmm. but I like your clarity here. I like that people can come here. You want a break? This is where to come. Yeah. Talk to us, my listener and me about what. Is this like a membership platform? Is this a free place? Tell us more about what you do here. So
1: it's completely free and will always be free. The main mission of what we do with House of Enlightenment is that all of our content is free forever. Beautiful. So we use the, our, our partners, our sponsors, as well as the podcast network, which is a membership in order to fund and keep the community free. So that's something I am so passionate about and want to make sure that it's accessible to everyone because I, I would hate for something so simple as the idea of you have such powerful capabilities and wisdom to you know be behind a paywall. And to give people tangible tools that are so needed in the world right now, it's such such a valuable thing that is a ripple effect, that you have these tools, you're integrating them into your everyday life, and now you've changed and you've evolved, and now you're radiating that light to your family, and now to your community, and now to your world. And it's just... I think the light is such a big part of it. And I always just visualize this ripple effect of, of community and making this type of knowledge and wisdom accessible.
0: Super lovely. Garden.enlightenedhood.com for my listener. Enlightened with E-D-hood.com. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that that is something that you're offering, and especially because you are... How, how old are you? 30. So you're 30. You're the
1: mother of one, correct? Yes. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. How old? She will be two next month.
0: oh, oh, oh So delicious. <laughs> the legs and the upper body are the same length. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. You're making... A really high caliber of spiritual content accessible. And I truly appreciate that, especially for people who are of your age range. So well done. Well, well done. Thank you. Is there anything that you feel is missing from this conversation at this point regarding spirituality as it pertains to folks who are in their 30s, even their 20s? What's missing?
1: I think it's more of a making it normal make you you said making it cool which I like I think it is cool it's it's really cool healing is cool growing and evolving is cool but there's still such a stigma around it and like I said before I think there's this idea of what of what capitalism and what social media presents as what a spiritual path looks like. And then there's also and then there's the actual spiritual path that is full of, of lows and messiness and healing and and looking in the mirror at, at these wounds. And what I think is missing is this day one conversation that look, We all have wounds. We all have trauma. We all have these beliefs about ourselves that probably aren't the greatest. And what if we understood that we had the power to heal, we had the power to evolve, and we also had the power to co-create this life that – is so different than the one that we have been conditioned to believe all the shoulds that we think we should do all the all the you know milestones that we think we should accomplish by a certain age as millennials, my generation, especially we, for most of our lifetime, we've grown up with social media. So we've watched our peers grow up on social media. I think I had my first social media account when I was 14 or 15. So it's been over half of my life. So we have these norms now where we have to announce the baby announcement. We have to announce the engagement. We have to you know, announce when we've moved, announce all these things. But Where's the announcing that, you know, we're growing, we're evolving, we're healing, where's the normalization that we were more vulnerable, we're changed, we're evolved. And so I think what's missing from the conversation is day one, this understanding that we have so much more power than we've been taught to believe. We exist in a society that thrives on the idea that the power and the answers live and exist externally when really we find, you know, later down the road that oh, you know, Dorothy, they were they were within me all along. I was always home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's the way that it's presented is that it that it does we don't have that access. So what I hope for our generation is this understanding of how capable we are and how powerful we are.
0: So beautiful. It's very impressive to, you know, have the kid have a gorgeous network, really well done, well wrought by the age of 30, let's say somebody who's roughly your age is listening to us talk right now. And they are saying, Oh, my God, I'm so behind the eight ball. I'm 34 years old. I don't have anything to show for it. What would you say to them if you were, let's say, you know, offering some sort of business inspiration?
1: I would say the first thing is who told you you have nothing to show for it and what are you basing that off of? Because we all have our own paths and our own gifts and our own timing and life is completely multifaceted and chaotic and it's never – we don't have to. I love the saying that you don't have to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter eight as an avid reader. That's one of my favorite sayings. But it, it you know, it's true. And going back to the social media thing, we live so heavily in comparison culture that is so triggering to our self worth that we see someone who looks like they have it all or they've done X, Y, and Z. And it can be really. You know, detrimental to the way we feel about ourselves and our success and and what we're putting forth into the world. But in reality, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Because think of all the lessons you had to learn to get to this place. Oh, you want to create a business now? You're probably creating it based on all of these wounds, all of these experiences, all of this light and joy that you've cultivated over the last however many years of your life. So I would say that maybe look at it from the reverse instead of oh you have nothing to show for it but reverse that in oh my gosh look at all these years of experience that I now get to direct my energy and intention into creating something beautiful
0: well said well well said what book is on your nightstand right now (laughs) curious
1: I am reading a I'm not going to remember the title but it is about druid hedge druids and the Celtic folklore that I'm reading right now.
0: <laughs> wow. That's deep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been really called by, you know, the quote unquote uh myth, mythical civilization of Avalon as well as I mean I have deep Irish roots so I've been called back to the to the Celtic Celtic, you know, folklore and paganism and all that stuff and
0: mm,
1: mm. been deep, deep in it for the past few months.
0: Yeah. I I would love to point out there's a course a dear friend of mine is teaching Vanessa Jean called The Voice of the Goddess. She's very, very, very deeply connected to all of that mythology. It might be interesting for you to look at what she's offering. She, oh, yeah, I think absolutely. she'll probably do it again, but I it's hard to say if she actually will. Okay. I am also interested in finding out what the what what is the meaning of the word prayer to you?
1: Prayer. Yes. It is prayer to me means using the power of the frequency of our voice whether it's in our heads or out loud to set an intention and co-create our free will with the with the free will of the universe and creating in tandem you know what we wish and, and what we hope for beautiful well i have a couple of thoughts one is
0: i wish for you the continued inspiration and success that you've already experienced i i would love to be able to stay in touch, to watch this evolution. And my last question would be as the parent, as, as someone who's grown up with half her life in social media, as the parent of a two-year-old, what do you have an idea of how you're going to unfurl this you know, very ubiquitous reality to your child at what point do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry.
0: I ask, I ask it usually offline to folks, but I'm interested just because you, you pointed out that you've, you've been on social media half your life, literally your entire life is on mm-hmm. there. It's a very different experience than the one that I've had. I haven't even, I didn't even have email until I was in my twenties.
1: Yeah. I, it's, you know, and I originally, when I was pregnant, assumed I would be one of those parents who didn't want to put my kid on the internet at all. And I myself even recently have really found myself struggling t- to be on social media. I mean, the, the energy in the collective within the last year is just increasingly, increasingly more vi- volatile and divisive and... It's really, you know, when I, when I take a step back and I look at it from a social perspective, it's kind of silly if, if you really look at it, this, this idea that we're presenting this version of ourselves on the internet and what does that mean for, for what our kids think is, is cool or worthy. And I was watching something recently where they were talking about high school kids and how the most popular kid in high school has the most followers. And to that, to me, just gives me so much fuel to make sure that my daughter knows that her worth has nothing to do with a silly digital number or this validation that has been created within the last 15 years of of likes and favorites and feeling like we have to, to show up in this certain way to feel worthy on social media. And I am going to try my hardest to make sure that my daughter knows that not only is she so cool just by being herself and that beating to the beat of her own drum is cool, but that these numbers mean nothing if you're not happy with who you are on the inside. And they mean nothing if you're completely content and don't have that peace offline. The online world means nothing if it's not for for your own inner peace in your own inner world.
0: Thank you for that. Let's see how it unfolds, shall we?
1: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it will just, we we will all decide that it's n- not in our best interest and it won't mm. be a thing in, in 15 years when I have to deal with it. Who knows? Right, right, right.
0: Let's see what happens. I'm so curious to see how all of this unravels. And I've taken to using Instagram as my vision board. So Mm -hmm. the things that I want to see in the world, not just from myself, but from others, that's what I put there. I love that. Yeah. It's, it feels so good now when I go on there, it's like an art creation. So I don't mind it. Uh, I used to make it into something, you know, sort of tasky. And then I realized, no, 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 this can be art. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to thank you. I'm, I, it was such a pleasure to meet you and talk to you and learn about your work over the last few days. I have a lot of respect, as I said at the very outset, honoring your um, your presence as a voice of the future. And I look forward to following you, You know, to f- following your journey as you go. Anytime you want to come back here, you have something to share, please don't hesitate. And I would love also to have you as a guest expert on my mentorship platform where you can teach the folks there about how you created what you've created in all the ways that you have in in the virtual space. It's very, very inspiring for folks. And I look forward to sharing you more there as well. So thank you.
1: Absolutely honored. Yeah.
0: Wonderful to talk to you, honey.
1: Thank you so much.